This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Squarespace, the fastest, easiest, most user-friendly, slick, intuitive, and responsive way to make your very own professional website, portfolio, blog, or online store. If you go to squarespace.com and use the promo code THUMBS at checkout, you can get 10% off your first order. Sign up for a year and get a free domain name as well. That is squarespace.com with the promo code THUMBS. Like Reagan, you were egging me on there. I don't know what you were doing. You were like raging was, well, at I was, me, I was trying or to encourage me. Oh, okay. You, you know, just, Nick Reagan was like the more, maestro as more, I was listing the Squarespace yes. adjectives, <laughs> and, and he was definitely exhorting me yeah. to to oh, yes. reach deeper into the wells of mm-hmm. superlatives. That's what I'm here for, Chris. <laughs> it's true. Uh, It's October 13th, 2016, somehow. Uh, this is Idle Thumbs 284. I am Chris Remo. I am Nick Brecken. I am James Bufford. I am Jake Rodkin. Chris, you're back. You're giving us a live report from Japan. So how's yep. the how's the NX? Oh, oh man, it? the NX is amazing. It's got this crazy like eye scanner thing. Wow. That's you're like inside the game. Wow. I heard it lets <laughs> yeah. you record podcasts remotely from other countries uh-huh. as if you're in the room. It's a very specific feature. Yeah. You walk into like a weird VR like room, podcast studio. I would say it's classic Nintendo to finally try and get. They're like, oh, we hear that people uh, enjoy <laughs> talking about and sharing their experiences <laughs> playing games. And then they fucked up and made a podcasting tool instead of live streaming. <laughs> that was really. A real like classic Nintendo just near miss on on, on catching the zeitgeist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, show yeah, your yeah. podcast using this sixteen uh, character hash. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you are listening to your favorite podcast three a four two dash seven b b six dash. I don't want to keep talking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> classic show that one. Mm-hmm. Stupidly has a different number on the three ds. Right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, welcome back, Chris. Welcome back, Spaff. Also, Hello. oh, oh Spaff's here. Back, Spaff. I'm here now. Also, just to be clear, this is not being recorded on futuristic Nintendo hardware. No. Also, I, it no. is being recorded two weeks in the past. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it feels pretty futuristic now. But yeah, when people are listening to it, it'll be a it'll, thing be the past. Yeah. it'll be old. It'll be old. Old times. Yeah. Uh, what dark times we are living in now. I don't know. Maybe everything's great. Something great might happen next. Yeah, maybe week. great things. If maybe get, <laughs> given the trends of just the world mm, over the yeah. <laughs> recent seems months, unlikely, I don't know but it'll get better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that means actually, we're recording this pod. This podcast actually should be like a marginally improved breath of fresh air because it's being recorded by people who are living in a world that is slightly better than the inevitably yeah. just like marginally declining <laughs> more <laughs> shitty world. These are like the golden days. Yeah. Right. Uh, remember back when it was September? <laughs> yeah. The, the carefree days, September 2016. It's only been one presidential debate disaster. <laughs> when we, we, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, um, we're living in a naive time where we think this is as bad as it gets. Oh, God. But little did we know. <laughs> that's probably fine. So this week we're going to talk about... October's hottest releases. And that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, untrue. Um, this week we're going to talk about Virginia because Spath played it. <laughs> I think Nick, Nick played some of it too. Uh, Jake played a little as well. Uh, yeah. All right. So everyone played some Virginia except for me. 
And also, possibly, we will hear about World of Warcraft oh, from Spaff. <laughs> yes. I, I want to hear about that. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about that game. Uh, it's our our once every five to oh, ten years scoops. wow update on the Adult yeah. podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then a, probably a lot of reader mail. So let's get going. Cool. What's the deal with Virginia? Virginia me. is a game that I, I guess had been announced a long time ago, but for me, it felt like it kind of came out of nowhere. This, yeah, but, but I know that it's actually been known about for a while, right? Uh, yeah, I, I feel like I saw something about it a long time ago, but yeah. um, this is like just a third-person adventure game. Right? First, first. Oh, it's a first-person game. First okay. person. See, this is how little I know. Yeah, and it's it's less of an adventure game and more. Uh, I mean, it's it's a walking simulator, as one might say. <gasps> I think uh, Virginia is actually closer. <laughs> I mean, this is even, even shittier and accidentally. It's it's a more loaded shitty thing to say, but Virginia feels closer to me to an interactive movie than most yes. anything other than probably like Telltale's modern. Yeah, output. it absolutely is. Except uh, Virginia is uh, from a first person perspective, which is very different than Telltale stuff, and is closer to Walking Simulator stuff. But it's like the camera is taken away from you very often, and it's all it's more about cinematic cross cutting and stuff. Like yeah, it, if you've ever played, it's like um, Telltale 30 meets Flights Thirty Flights of Loving. Of loving. Yeah, yeah, it's very much like that, and and. and uh, in the credits, uh, they thank uh, Blendo Games for mm. inspiring them to make the the game. So it's very much like that. You know, it has like the the kind of jump cut scenes um, to take you through it. And yeah, it's an interactive movie. You you basically you have no choice. <laughs> it's very much on rails, but um, it's really cool. It's really well made. It looks really good. It sounds awesome. Uh, its inspirations are things like Twin Peaks and Fargo. Um, which, it's also a walking simulator in that it takes place in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, mundane houses and uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But it's it's but it's really cool and really interesting. And and just because it's on rails or you know an interactive movie doesn't mean that it can't be a mysterious. It's also an homage uh, to uh, Killer Seven for the Nintendo <laughs> GameCube. <laughs> oh man, that game was. Man, what is good. the what is the comparison there what? oh it's just an on rails first person experience oh, okay okay oh, right god what a crazy game that was yeah uh but yeah it's a, a c- kind of cool mystery about um uh god what is it about it's about so many things maybe nick can explain what it's about oh, i only can't. played a tiny piece of it no i have no idea what it's about. really we should mention though that it, even though it is like a movie uh there is no dialogue right I mean, right like, yeah these are told it's... through like sort of not static, but sort of fairly static vignettes that you're sort of discovering, right? I mean, yeah, I don't know if, that, to 30 flights I don't know if that changes as you play it, but yeah. No, no, it's, there's the, never any dialogue. It's all just kind of um, action, um, symbolism, and strange dream sequences. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, often at times you can't determine you know, you, this feel, you can't this determine how... This literally feels like the people who talk about indie games dismissively this just sounds like the er example of everything that would annoy yeah exactly someone. and this is why i feel like i've been preloading the description with it's this and it's this and it's walking uh-huh. but it's good because it seems to have those this. things are intrinsically bad i'm just saying that like no yeah, but yeah, yeah. on the internet of course it has right. already generated a controversy the steam reviews are like millions of negative uh-huh. reviews mm. of, you know this, this isn't a game blah 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 that kind of thing um which you know i guess if you were expecting it to be more of a game then that's a fair criticism but um it's really good anyway but also, of course, it has an SJW uh, agenda that it's pushing on you. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, probably so because right. it has a so female just protagonist. Delete uh, local content. Yeah. It's imme- it has two protagonists, though. 
And they're both women. Yeah. They're female. Can you believe that? Fuck. Unbelievable. <laughs> Enough with these playable women characters. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, basically, you're you're an FBI uh, uh, internal affairs investigator, and you are assisting an um, investigation of a missing boy in a little small town, and you start uncovering s- strange goings on in that town, and... And it's really cool. I don't want to say too much about it because it is pretty short. It's movie length. It's, you know, hour and a half, two hours. The thing, kind that of I, thing. the thing that I like about this game that definitely differentiates it from sort of, I guess, just Dear Esther, Gone Home, whatever, uh, is that it does. T- I mean, Dear Esther and Gone Home are pretty different in terms of interactivity. And Sorry, you're yeah. right. But they, they, they take place in a static world and you're reminiscing about the past whereas okay. Virginia is very much in the present and very okay, very much cinematic more in the yeah, style yeah. of 30 flights of loving except that every the the sets in Virginia are built out to a very high detail the characters are actually fully realized characters with facial expressions and full body they're fully modeled i mean they're I'm surprised very, how much animation is in yeah, this yeah they're very yeah. stylized but it's animated in a cinematic way in in like closer to like the way that the npcs in inside are animated or something where it feels like this is actually like cinematic character animation and full performances like even if you watch the trailer for virginia you'll be like uh, riding along in a car with your partner and then a, there's just an animal in the middle of the road or mm-hmm. like the the most notable scene in the trailer which i uh it's an easy hallmark is like you're outside of a convenience store and a guy drives up next to your car and like knocks on your window and you look over and he flips you off and then yeah. just peels away out of the out of there like there's you're inside of a world where there are other people where the story is happening in real time it's not about uncovering what happened here even though you're an investigator investigating something but then it also kind of is about uncovering you're not like your actions in the game aren't physically like choose like adventure sure, game no. style but it's just like a movie where you'd be trying to figure yeah, the out the mystery it's in the your game's head story you know? that happens yeah you you know it's the kind of thing that you will finish with questions and you know have to think about uh, or like pay attention as you're going along Thank and really you. read <laughs> read through what's happening you know to to understand it. Um, the it's good. the the thing that bums me out about it a little bit is unfortunately I think built into it and even the little bit of it that I played uh, is a game where there's a bunch of details and where you're inside of a thing where you're supposed to be paying attention, but it does have the 30 flights style jump cuts. Mm. It means that I find that skip. I find that frustrating because it jumps ahead. Like uh, it's an example that, that uh, Sean told me about when he first played it. So maybe I was hyper aware of it when I played it, but he was like, it's very early on when he cuts into your, in the internal affairs office and someone slides a piece of paper across the desk and you're like, Oh shit, what does it mean? And then the camera just cuts and you're like, you don't get a chance to study it or live inside the moment because well, in a film, it would cut mm-hmm. right then and then it would keep going. But as a player of a game, that that is that's yeah. it's a, it's a, that's a tough design thing to get around. Oh, yeah. Be well, we know it's a tough design thing to get around because Firewatch. we literally did that in our game Firewatch. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. And it's it, it's and like we that also I, has probably made me hypersensitive think, to this. Yeah, I think that that was a criticism that I would make of our game. Like, I like mm-hmm. the idea of cutting. Uh, it's really, really, really hard to do it in a way that both preserves player agency and sort of player-directed pacing, but also retains the, like, exciting, suspenseful nature the, like, of The, cinematic a cut. tower of that. Right, because, yeah, like, cut. what most games do is just let the player opt in to the cut and say, like, I'm ready to leave now, and then it cuts. And, like, that's re- – I like that. I like that as a player. 
Um, but it's also totally dramatically uninteresting. Like it's, yep. you know, it's a completely. Yeah. And, and I know. feel, you know, they wrestle with that a lot. And there's a couple of times where, as you say, you're trying to read a piece of paper and you're not quite able to read it fast enough and it'll cut. But then the pieces of paper will be presented again to you and the symbolism of the action of that piece of paper and what it actually means kind of becomes more apparent over time. And also the cuts, you know, it's something that you just get used to being mm-hmm. part of the experience and part of the thing that you're yeah. doing. So it becomes less jarring, becomes less, well, at least I found that way. Some people, cool. it seems on Steam reviews, did not agree. Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think probably like the way the best way to deal with that tension is as just in the case and a lot of things in game design is you just have to be really or just any I guess any creative pursuit you just have to be really 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 careful like the reason one of the reasons it works in in 30 flights of loving for instance is just because the the way that that world's created like you aren't finding pieces of paper and like you're almost you know, playing uh, to get to the next cut in 30 right, flights of loving exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah and i would imagine that that there would be ways in a larger scale game to just be extremely conservative and careful about how you place those kinds of techniques so that you just aren't entering into situ or at least you're minimizing the possibility of entering in situations where the player is likely to be trying to read something or exploring a an, an interesting area or whatever and just I'm yeah I'm really glad that Virginia exists and that they totally doubled down on doing like a more traditional story and more traditional cinematic techniques and beefing up the art way above what Brendan would do in a Blendo game and like that it exists even yeah. though there are some places that are funky. Like the fact that this game is in the world is really cool. Yeah. You, and you want everyone to play it, Spaff. I do. I think it's, it's I mean, it's pretty cheap. 60 bucks. Yeah, it's a full <laughs> $60 game. $20 no, season pass. I actually don't know how much it is. I think it's like eight. Nine bucks or something. It's, oh, it's it's, it's a ten dollar game because it was because it was nine dollars for the first week oh, there you go. because of the classic Steam discount. But you know, yeah. I feel like a lot of people are saying, you know, this should have just been a movie. This should have just been a thing. And I uh, maybe sure, but those are expensive to make. And well, it's uh, also maybe just wouldn't like, have been quite the same. You still can look that, around just, and choose where you're looking, yeah. and you feel that you're there as part you know it's more than a movie isn't told in first person usually it's you know it's a very different thing right. apart from hardcore henry which you know doesn't really right. have the or that the, one scene in doom yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know and uh, when movies kind of do become first person it's almost that's super jarring and strange right that becomes the entire point of the thing and it's kind of disorienting and that can be used to good effect but it's like but it's not just a choice you can just make just because. Yeah. You know? Whereas in this, like part of part of it is kind of questioning, like who am I and and where, where do I fit into this? Like, what's my piece of this? And and feeling, I don't know, connected in the, in that way. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I think that it should be a movie is generally just sort of a very uninteresting criticism yeah. or comment to make about something. Like it should or shouldn't be anything. It's like <laughs> yeah. you, can, you don't have to like it. But like, why should it be a movie? That's I mean, the thing these days. People don't um, if they don't like something, then it's probably that the game is bad or that um, it has a political agenda they disagree with or something right. like that, and they need to get a refund. And there's a lot of that going around that drives me kind of insane. Um, and it just gets away from criticism and just turns into some other. In a world where thing. there are four thousand million things to consume, I think that you get into a place where you expect that everything that you choose will be tailored to you. So when it doesn't, you are fucking shocked. Mm, yeah. I think that the, well, there's also a big know. difference between, for instance, like yeah. I don't want to start this whole discussion up, but like 
something like no, no like man's refunds, sky right? which pe- <laughs> which people bl- like, no man's sky is that what you said sorry yeah, no i talked man's over sky. i said no man's sky yeah like did uh, you just <clears throat> well no. just because that's the big recent refunds example yeah. like that that's a case where like okay i i don't really know what the right answer in that case is i think there's like a reasonable argument to be made from a lot of different perspectives when it comes to no man's sky about like reasonable expectations that can be made from marketing that was like blanketed over every form of media that people have access to. Um, like the, you, I, I could argue that I think pretty convincing, like, and be pretty convinced myself with a bunch of different angles in that. Yeah. Right. But just like literally, I just don't, I, I just didn't enjoy this game just for what it just fundamentally is. Like, I don't know. It's, that's just a totally different. That's just a totally different story to me. Yeah, and, especially when it's a movie-length thing that costs about the same as a movie. Right. You know, you'll happily watch a movie and then be like, "Eh, I guess that sucked." Yeah. But then, will you? I mean, I don't know if that's well. Even, no, I you wonder, could, but you'd maybe man, stop watching it. Have theatrical movie ticket refund demands gone up? <laughs> histo- like that is Probably data that not. I wonder. If I that's, bet they haven't. I don't know. I don't know either, but I would bet that they haven't. I wonder if they haven't, though, because you know, like, the movies that everyone sees more commonly right now in theaters are very flat, designed to placate and let you walk out happy entertainment product. Yeah. Like, possibly. that's the movies that yeah. people yeah. seek out theatrically are also movies that are engineered to not be refunded. Yeah. Right. But also yeah. the fact that you have to talk to a human probably factors into that as well, right? <laughs> I think it was Steam refund pages, just like, click a button and, like, I'll see what You're happens. You're already at home. Yeah. You're in your most comfortable environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the fact that you have to call somebody and say, like, I didn't like this yeah. thing. Give me my money. Yeah, like, you, you sound, you hear yourself at that point and you sound like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I guess most, like, you're not going to refund a Netflix because it's a subscription. You wouldn't refund a Netflix. <laughs> uh, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I saw, um... Maybe uh, when Steam Gold shows up and you can just get unlimited access to Steam for $30 a month. Uh, it'll oh, quell this shit. I think oh, the more likely thing for someone who feels ripped off by movies is they probably just see fewer movies. Like, that, there there might be a... I'll just wait till it's on Netflix. Yeah, I guess that's yeah, just... I, yeah, like, I... Theatrical film seems like it's a really weird place right now because on the one hand, you know, it's clearly in a, in a long-term decline, just long-term slow decline the way a lot of just sort of older ways of consuming culture are. Uh, but on the sort of like local micro level, every new Marvel movie is yet again like the biggest movie that's ever been released in theaters. Yeah, but those just take up all of the air in I know, theaters I know, now. I know. I just mean like what I'm saying is I, I'm a riskier – movie-going proposition, you're more likely to, as I say, just wait for it on Netflix or whatever yeah. rather than go and see it. So I think people probably are, instead of getting refunds for a particular movie, are probably just in general narrowing what movies they're willing to go out and pay $15 for in a theater. Well, yeah, And in games, I think maybe the, the analog to that is... Um, I'll wait for the Steam uh, sale, right? Or like, you know, if it, when it's two dollars, I'll yeah. buy. It. You hear that right. all the time. Yeah. Now. I shouldn't. Oh, have, I shouldn't have bought this at full price. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. although oh, I wonder God. if I wonder. Yeah, I think that's true. Again, broadly, um, I wonder though if we seem to be not quite as deep in the like bundle valley as we were a few years ago, right? Like it seemed like for a while there. No, but now I think I think that just people know. The, the way that the cycle of Steam sales and the sort of long tail life mm-hmm. of games works. You yeah. don't have to wait for a bundle because you could just get the game for $2 if you don't care enough to wait a year. Yeah, you yeah. just buy your like, number one most wanted No that's, Man's Sky. That's true. The wish list seems like it has taken over for that for a lot of the think, sort of core I, customers. I think that's true, but I think the average amount spent for game per game, even in a deep Steam discount, is 
or dog discount or whatever is still higher than the average revenue going to a game in a bundle. I mm-hmm. mean, I think that's just got to be true. Um, How do you think uh, games marketing compares to movie marketing as well? Like in terms of broken promises. No, you know, well, so the pre- pre-ordering is is a thing in games that yeah, I bought my so tickets to the next two Avengers movies. Well, <laughs> I have not. <laughs> yeah. But you guys can't. That's that, not that time, is beca- right? it is becoming more of a thing the the pre-order drive oh, for for movie tickets. Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, I guess you have to sort of be signed into that, like right? Yeah. You have to you have to be on a mailing that feels list like or something, in, but that like feels it's like still a, Yeah, but that feels like an insider thing a little big bit. Big theater chains are put like they AMC, are pushing AMC like had like the AMC Stubs program hilariously. I wonder if that's actually working though. they plug the shit out of that now uh, it where is. they're like if it you're is. at an amc thing they're like they incentivize it the way that like a gamestop does where yeah. if right. you're a stubs member you get a free drink and you get a popcorn boost that's and you fine. can get your seats that's in way advance better than games where you get a different game but, that i know but i mean they're, they're, the they're trying they're trying very hard <laughs> to incentivize pre-orders and buy get get a community that's built into the hype sure. cycle yeah. the way that games are yeah, yeah. Draw now they're yeah. makes uh like memorabilia and stuff like if you pre-board hardcore though like that's yeah, sure. yes. it's not yeah. america's hugest movie chain no, no. doing that but yeah, yeah they they do track like pre-sales for films now they'll release statistics ahead oh, of time for and it's, it's always the you know marvel stuff it's always the big stuff yeah. star wars whatever you know yeah. but yeah there are those those disney but properties one thing, yeah, so yeah. movie so movie marketing can be sort of misleading right i mean the classic example is the comedy where every good joke is in the trailer mm-hmm. um that's the thing everyone knows games game marketing at least triple a game marketing which is the closest thing to sort of large Hollywood productions kind of have that on a double level though, because usually the stuff that's actually being used to market them is the actual, just like cinematics from the game. Like it's usually the parts of the game. So they can one be misleading in the same way that a movie trailer is where they just only show you the coolest parts, but two, regardless of what like quality they're showing you, it's still not at all representative of the actual game yeah. experience whatsoever. That hasn't really changed very much. Like, Even as in-game graphics have improved well, a lot, it's still just not as... Well, they still know, have the, that the, message now that appears because the... Or at least in England... Yeah, uh, no, we have they, that like, here, right, too. Right, right, right. Not, whatever. They say, like, yeah, they have to but say... But see, it goes beyond that, too, though, footage. because... Like watching a trailer is is you're you're still like consuming it in the exact same way that you would when you're watching the actual film. But like with a game, just watching a a, a, a video yeah, doesn't really tell you what it is to play it. And and like we game. had demos, like there was like a demo like culture in like game marketing, and it just went away. But I feel like that is actually because closer because to what because it's essentially a like the best. I think demos were found. I actually remember. Okay, so I used to do game uh, game industry research when I worked at, at Gamma Street during Game Developer Magazine, and one of the things that I remember um, reading a research report about was that trailers had like, or, I'm sorry, demos had essentially basically a flat to negative effect. Oh yeah, no, on game sales. Like I'm not they, saying they're they're actually like from a marketing perspective. I think right. that they're, they're marketers consumer, I'm they're consumer friendly, the consumer, but not, not yeah. corporation. Friendly. I think market marketing game marketing has discovered now. This is a, probably an obvious dumb thing to say that you can hit the nexus of getting the feeling of a demo and the feeling of a trailer yeah. by way of getting PewDiePie to play your video game. That's true. That's true. Right? You see someone play the yeah. play it yep. in an extended way, you get the vicarious reaction of watching someone's face respond to it, and you mm-hmm. get a long-form look at the game, and then people will bail out when they want and buy it, or they won't. But that's probably the same as demos, where people yeah. would just play the demo and never buy the game, or they would bail out on the demo and buy the game. You know? Right. I mean, I yep. think... Twitch yeah. and YouTube have meant that you're not going to ever get a demo except ever that, again. Except that PewDiePie, other also, than for multiplayer games, PewDiePie, unlike the demo, PewDiePie 
is incentivized for the content to be yes. consistently entertaining and good. Um, yeah, right. So, so they love everything. So then the, well, the, even, in terms of a criticism, yeah. it's like, where, where are you actually falling well, on this thing? Or, or, I mean, I don't know if I, I don't watch enough of that stuff to know, like, if that's true, like, are they never negative? I mean, I imagine they're sometimes negative, they're but negative. probably in entertaining ways. Mm-hmm. Um, PewDiePie yeah. was very negative in the last uh, 10 minutes of the Firewatch video. Oh, that's up. true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He did not like that game. Yeah. I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> Funny. <laughs> but I like guess. the movie industry would never allow that to exist because well, if because you're watching a whole movie, that's, all the, con- movie. that's all the content. Right. And the, but some games are like that too. But that's also fine. The Walking Dead game was the the uh, but that mean, has choices that can be made and differences that you know I could do. But a you can still see, you can still see how it ends uh, sure. in a stream, and you, you'll still want to play. Like that's like even even Virginia. I think uh, Virginia would probably take a little bit more of a hit, but at the same time, you can still watch someone play it, and it's a different experience than you playing it yourself. And I think that even. That being true is probably a good enough argument for people who said it should be a film can just eat shit because you could still <laughs> but watch. But they don't see that. They don't understand. You could still watch someone play that game that. and know that you playing it would be interesting in a, as opposed to watching someone watch it. Yeah, movie. I mean, I'm going to push back on that slightly. I, I think there for are. For me, it would be. No, that's fair. Well, that's fair. But I'm, I think probably for some people it wouldn't be. Uh, yeah. And I, I think I would put myself probably into that category, which isn't to say, like, I'm not making the argument that it should be a movie, but I would make the argument that, like, some games can be experienced the same, like not the same, but in much more overlapping ways to movies. Sure. And I I would not, I personally would never watch a Virginia playthrough and then play the game. I would just not watch the Virginia playthrough. I would just play the game. If I, like, if, I, yeah. I, I don't, I, if I had watched an entire playthrough of that, it would be very different. Even if I could recognize that like, yes, it is true that intellectually playing the experience of it is additive and different and unique. I would. St- I just know myself, and I know that I would not actually go into okay. the game. And I, but I think. But the thing is, because games, especially games of that scale, do not have a big marketing apparatus like movies do. The the let's play is still, I suspect, strongly net beneficial because the people. Be- like if Virginia you can always had just close a, the YouTube. Well, that, but also if Virginia <laughs> had a fifty million dollar marketing campaign and everyone knew about it. Anyway, then the, maybe the playthrough is actually a net negative. But since it's not, and it's never going to have that exposure in the first place, yep. the worst thing it can do is say you weren't, you aren't going to buy this, but you wouldn't even have probably heard about it if PewDiePie didn't play it. Right. Or whoever, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so the, the, the PewDiePies. Right. Yeah. yeah. The PewDiePie. And, well, the, right. the, yeah. and that's a big difference between game marketing and movie marketing is that movie marketing has the ability and frequently like actually the, the reality of just being far more ubiquitous and like completely just blanketing all of culture. Um, yep. With that only a few games, even like even a, a sort of mid tier Hollywood film um, can often get that sort of just mind share and penetration in a way that only the biggest video games. I have to do. jump in real quick because yeah. I want to just state, I was not trying to say that for some reason, all games are or e- like equally, able to be streamed and, sure. and enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, I, just, I, I was saying that just even with Virginia, which is like the most, one of the most cinematic only games, I feel mm-hmm. like there is still room for players to enjoy it above a let's play where that is not the case for watching a film. That was all that I was. I, I know. I know. The other, the other, well, the other thing I would say about let's plays and, and streaming, because this is a thing, this is a conversation that happens. Let's plays and screaming. And scream, <laughs> screaming PewDiePie. Again, yeah. PewDiePie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
uh, this is a conversation that people have in game studios. Like, should we should we give a copy early to somebody? Like, I mean, oh, this yeah. is this is actually like a marketing tactic, and but but it's controversial in some in some cases because yeah, like, are we giving too much of the game away? Like, is are people not going to buy it? But the thing I would say about streaming is I think that. And I don't know. When you look at YouTube video statistics, when you look at uh, graphs and things for for video plays, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that if you're an average consumer of that type of stuff, you're probably not watching the entire thing. You're probably watching 10 minutes, 20 minutes at an most. An average consumer, yeah. Average. But I'm those, saying there are some people yeah. who would watch the whole thing. There's a large audience who watches the There's a large thing, Yeah, yeah there, but it's, it's, not, it's it, not the majority. It's not millions of viewers, but like if... if but just, that's true of everything. That's yeah. true of like all content. I understand that. But what I'm saying is that I think... In terms of, you know, if we're talking about like a net benefit, I'm going to guess that most oh, people, most people would yeah. bite off a slice of it and then enjoy that because most people don't watch hours so, yeah, and hours and hours of I this type of stuff. I guess the distinction so, is between people who are like game fans and watching this stuff as part of their right versus people who have sort of almost crossed over into being fans of the YouTuber themselves yes. and now that is the experience right, that's like, more right. important. There's a there's a benefit the to this, covering. which is that oh, it's on the front page of Twitch. I don't know what this game is. Let me click on it. I watched like five minutes of it. Oh, that seems cool. And sure, I'll go but, buy there, it now. but for the person who's like, what is what is Markiplier playing this week? You're you, you're probably yes. also those people are probably watching most of you're, it. You're probably yes. also right though in that like the, someone's f- like the fall off rate for. I would be curious to see the fall off rate for like Markiplier playing through an entire game front to back relative to watching a season of television like does mm. does it have a similar fall off and then pick up graph for the finale uh, as as a, as a tv show does uh, yeah, or well, well here's the other thing right like people who are really good at this kind of thing at streaming games in this way they themselves are also looking at all those statistics and yeah. finding ways to creep that percentage higher and higher by adjusting the length of each segment they upload by you know like adjusting the the pacing of how they're like of dead air, sort of dead time that they're cutting out, which seems to be common. Um, yeah, especially, and, yeah. Well, not, the, not on Twitch, obviously, but on YouTube. No, but on YouTube, where I think is, like, a, a lot of the... The yeah. style of what we're talking about, I think, is, is, is more, more the YouTube style. Yeah. But, um, but I bet... I mean, and I'm sure, Nick, you're still obviously correct that, like, not everyone is sitting there and watching the whole thing because that's just how the that's just how the internet and the world works. Well, you can look um, at the hundreds of bet, thousands of views that a video has. But I bet has. the successful... I guess I bet the most successful of those people are constantly trying to like tweak and oh, sure. min max that figure to be a sure. higher percentage to spoil as much of a dev's content as possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, well, um, should we take a break? Sure. Yep. Okay. Also, I need to leave. Okay. Oh, <laughs> bye. Wow. Perma break. See you in like three weeks, Nick. Yep. <laughs> bye. Weird that that's probably true. Video games. Are you guys aware? I was not aware of this until like a week ago that the Chapman brothers, the brothers Chaps, the two, <laughs> the guys who made Homestar Runner for years. Were you guys Homestar Runner people? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, Strong bad for sure. That, yeah. do you, were you aware that for like a year or two now, they've been just making an ongoing cartoon short series for Disney. Oh, no. I had no idea. Yeah. 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 It's called Two More Eggs. Oh. <laughs> and it's just on, it just runs on Disney's, on like a Disney YouTube channel. I think hmm. it's on Disney HD, XD. I think that's in fact why I became aware of Disney XD is because um, I, Jake told me about this like weird project yeah. that they have. 
and I went to their YouTube channel to watch a bunch of them. And it's they're basically like just sort of it's like a weird alternate universe version of Homestar Runner. Hmm. We're talking about I'm talking about the the brothers, the Chapman brothers, like w- J- Jake just walked in weird YouTube thing. The two eggs, two more it? eggs. Two yeah. More eggs, yeah. It's really weird. Also known as hmm. extra sauce in some of the early episodes. Uh, <laughs> they apparently had to rename it because something else was called uh, extra sauce. I see. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really weird. There's just a bunch more cartoons by those guys that you can watch on the internet and have been there for like many months. Did you see the one with all the characters who are excited that they're CG, that they're 3D rendered? Yes. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, that is good. They're, they're, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of hit or miss, but it's, but it has their thing like their whole deal is yeah in it yeah anyway two more eggs hey oh hey this episode is brought to you by squarespace whoa yep squarespace jake let me tell you it is the fastest easiest most user-friendly compatible intuitive and easiest way smells nice smells nice to make your very own professional website portfolio blog or online store if you go to squarespace.com and use the promo code thumbs when you're checking out you will get 10 percent off your first order and if you sign up for a year you get a free domain name as well nice it is nice and let me tell you who else thinks it's nice andrew viney writes in Hi, Thumbs. Just wanted to write and tell you about a website I set up using the Idle Thumbs Squarespace code. I used Squarespace to create laurentobia.com for my mother-in-law, who's a children's book illustrator. That's lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N, Tobia, T-O-B-I-A, dot com. He says, I've built websites from scratch in the past, but it would have probably taken me a month to create what I built with Squarespace in just a couple of days. I was even able to set up an online store for her to sell prints through, something she's wanted to do for a long time. So, thanks for the hot deal with the discount code, Idle Thumbs. Cheers, Andrew from Bristol in the UK. Um, oh, man, Spaff just left. That sucks. P.S. Not really for reading on air, but please say hi to Spaff from me. Hi, Spaff. I met him a few times when he was at Media Molecule, and I was really active in the Little Big Planet community. That's really cool. Uh, anyway, so, yes, Lauren Tobia, or Tobia, I don't know, dot com. Uh, set up, it looks really nice. It's a nice website. It's got uh, her illustration on the in the background. It's got her books. She worked on a book called How to Find a Fruit Bat. It sounds like my kind of book. It's got a good cover. Anyway. Um, it's got news uh, articles that have been written about her. It's it's like a, just a full-on, full-featured author, author website with a shop as well. Squarespace.com with the promo code THUMBS for 10% off your first order and get that free domain name if you sign up for a year. Thanks, Squarespace. And thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Chris, for reading that ad. I don't care about you. Video games. This episode of Idle Thumbs is also brought to you by NatureBox. Mm. Yeah. Nature, that's the right reaction because NatureBox will send you all manner of delicious and extremely varied treats directly to your home or office. If you go to naturebox.com slash thumbs, you can get two free snacks. Mm. Yeah. Delicious snacks for free. Mm. Yeah. Why would you not do that? Why would you not want free, delicious, multiple snacks? Mm. <laughs> See, you're taking this to heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Let me just let me just give you a sampling, Jake. Okay. Of what of what you could be getting <laughs> uh, through this amazing service: vanilla bean wafers, cashew crumbles, whole wheat raspberry figgy bars, aged cheddar lentil loops, Santa Fe corn sticks, dried pears, Granny Smith apples, cherry berry bonanza, crispy coconut squares, mac and cheese with veggies. Bet you didn't see that one coming. Quinoa and couscous with summer veggies. What? What is even happening? Cranberry almond bites, black and white granola. Uh, teriyaki turkey jerky teriyaki beef jerky i mean it goes on essentially forever i could be here literally all day listing all of these delicious treats and all you need to do is go to naturebox.com slash thumbs get your free treats you pick them you enjoy them you eat them you say i love nature (laughs) oh Mm. there you go anyway naturebox.com slash thumbs you eat them Thanks, Nature Box. No thanks, Chris. No, no, no thanks to you. Video games. Do you guys want to? So we all played Nidhog. Yep. We all played probably Nidhogg. the shit out of Nidhog. Uh, did you guys see Nidhog Two and how? I did. Fucking weird Nidhog yeah. Two looks. Yeah. yeah. Nidhog Two, like Nidhog, the first one. Crazy choice. N- yeah, Nidhog uh, is a like. One, it's a versus like fencing and chase game. I don't know. It's a same screen mm-hmm. multiplayer game, uh, <clears throat> wherein you each player plays as a sword fighter, I guess. And your objective is to fight through a bunch of screens to either get to the left or the right side of of the level, depending on which player you are. Uh, and it's a very very tight game. It's got uh, like just a lot of good sword fighting finessing. You can get really good at it. Uh, but it has an incredibly sort of sparse and sort of like... It's I almost like stick men that are evolved to be a little more like yeah, blob, stick, blobby stick men. Really brightly colored stick men with a very clean world design that then has some sort of like grungy sort of punk noise over the top of it. Very gothic. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's really cool. Uh, and Nidhogg 2 was announced and... <laughs> has the most fucking goofy, goofy. <laughs> it's really. Oh, it just, it's yeah. like the characters are these like weird sort of like, they look like if someone drew a picture of Homer Simpson and then stepped on it a few times and then cut it up and turned it into Rayman. Uh, and they just, in the video, they go like, all the time and stuff. Uh, it just, it went from this like very distanced crisp as fuck weird pixel yeah. art to now absolutely not distanced just in your face like 90s cartoon <laughs> explosion Craziest and when I, when I first saw it which was just a couple days ago although now we're two <laughs> weeks into the future when I first when I first saw it I was really fucking put off by it and I was like this is terrible yeah. this is everything about I this is bad I have the same initial reaction I have <laughs> over like I slept and woke up and oh, I yeah? have totally warmed to oh, this man. now yeah. I, I, I think that whatever's going on with this is it affected your dreams is what happened there <laughs> <laughs> it might have like you dreamed of the hog like Nidhog itself which is this crazy dragon that swoops up and eats you at the end when you win which is the best you're, you're fighting apparently to get to an arena on one of two sides of the map to then sacrifice yourself to this dragon and in the in the original game it's just this sort of single color almost like indie comic it's like looking. a dune worm thing yeah, yeah. but yeah, in like, the second in this one it looks like a fucking earthworm gym character where it's yeah, like it's big bug yeah, glassy yeah. bug yeah. eyes like a huge like <laughs> mouth yeah. like it just looks fucking wacky. Or like Rayman, uh, yeah. the new new Rayman. I don't. I was very confused <laughs> by this, and I continue to be confused by it. But I've slowly decided that that I will accept 
whatever this garbage is. Uh, if you, I, I've only seen the like the little vine, the like little repeating vine. Is there a longer? The trailer is full trailer. The trailer, well, a full trailer that's still Does only it, twenty seconds long, and is a guy going. Bleh. The trailer is basically just like four vines. Yeah. Guy. Does it kind of unveil why it needs to be two? Is it just because it's an art upgrade? I think but, it's just yeah. I think it's a a sequel in the sense of a just sort of full overhaul remake basically I mean I think it's like why does there need to be a Street Fighter 3, 4 or 5 right, right, I think right, that okay. that is because Nidhogg even though it's a, a good even comparison. though it's a fencing game and it has sort of a little bit of like a feeling of like a brawler or something it's, it still very much attempts to be a super crisp one versus one competitive game yeah. in the style of a fighting game. So I think Nidhogg 2 is them being like, Street Fighter 4, everyone bleeds ink and it's a weird watercolor <laughs> thing, whereas they're like, no, 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 we're a fucking pixel art 90s cartoon now where everyone yells. It's like um, going from... Like the original game reminds me of something like Quake 1 or something where it's sure. like a very visceral, fast-paced, but simple-looking because it's old thing, and now it's just a crazy I, overblown... Yeah, I, I think that Nidhogg 2 is going to be less to my aesthetic tastes because I really yeah. liked that the first game yeah, looked too. very st- stoic and straight, and mm-hmm. then the surprising humor came from how just outrageous the actual yeah, combat the crazy was. crazy animation and the detail of it. Uh, it seems like they're trying to make a play with Nidhogg 2 to just wear the wackiness that, that comes from the play on its sleeve and just make that the aesthetic of the game. Uh, and my initial instinct is to be mad at it and say that they're fucking up what made Nidhogg good. But at the same time, that feels like a shit reaction for me to have when part of why I like Nidhogg 1 uh, was just trusting Messhoff, the developer, to n- make good creative choices. Like traditionally, <laughs> that yeah. guy has made nothing but very good aesthetic and creative yeah. choices. So I feel like whatever's going on with Nidhogg 2, I have to not prejudge it yeah. uh, and just let let myself accept this fucking weird 90s magazine so ad. Some of, of his a- other games definitely have some weird... Art things that are very reminiscent of that. They're like, usually though very minimalist shapes with a fuck ton of garbage noise and like weird. Sh- they are in gameplay, but uh, have you played that one like, where you're flipping burgers and then surfing and then yeah, like yeah, you're at work? I forgot about that. That one has a bunch of really weird characters and strange '90s like people yelling at you, like your boss and stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how do you even weird search for that? that? I'm searching for Messhoff Burger. I, that was a game that was an Adult <sighs> Swim called? website game yeah. years ago, and I don't Correct. think it is. Oh, any. it's Pipe Dreams That's the with one. a Z. Yeah. That <laughs> game is so weird. It's like you're flipping burgers, but then you're dreaming of surfing or something like that. <laughs> it goes between different game states. I don't yeah. even know how to find that game anymore. It's the. It's not. I think it's on. Uh, uh, I don't know. It, on, on his website, he links off to it, and it's Messhoff on some didn't flash do the art portal. for Nidhogg too, though. It's it's all being done by a guy named Toby Dixon, mm. who I don't know, but looking through his stuff, it is all this weird shit, like <laughs> of like lots of. Uh, if you he has a blog that is. Tony Dixob, D-I-X-O-B dot Tumblr dot com. And it is just like weird claymation characters and oh. strange ass. Okay, that's good stuff. Super- Tony Dixob is definitely the version of Tony Dixon who is rendered in this weird, smushed, <laughs> pixelated yeah, Homer Simpson his, his fashion. His stuff all does look like n- weird 90s PlayStation yeah. era stuff crashed, crashed into mm-hmm. modern yeah. indie aesthetic. Crashed, he says. As I look at a, a picture weird crash. crash bandicoot. <laughs> anyway, uh, I brought up Nidhogg 2 mostly because I was fucking shocked by how it looks, but also because 
I, it seems like they're hoping that Nidhogg 2 will catch in a way that Nidhogg 1 did not. But mm-hmm. I also just, if for whatever reason you didn't play Nidhogg, uh, you should play it. But also, now you have a new Nidhogg to look forward to. And I'm going to shamelessly plug Day of the Devs now, which is our event in San Francisco on November 5th. God, Nidhogg 2 will be there. I can't stand for this collusion. Oh, oh God I'm damn leaving. It. I'm out. <laughs> Nidhogg 2 will be there. Uh, See you I later, Nick. Can't be, be part of this. I know. I have to go. So look up to have right. the Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I'll see you in like <laughs> weeks, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah, thanks. I like the this Bye. and last week's podcast involve people arriving or leaving mid-cast. <laughs> <laughs> Did they? Oh, yeah. That's true. You showed up at the end. Um, all right. Well, what, what's the deal with World of Warcraft? <laughs> Wait, should we take a break? We, I thought we did. Oh, this is God. a break. Wow, we're back. Yeah. We, we, we never left. Except you really want to hear about World of Warcraft? Well, you just said you've been playing World of Warcraft. I did play. I've been and playing it. I'm fascinated by that. Because I haven't, I don't think I've, like, I don't think anyone who I personally interact with in my daily life has played World of Warcraft for years and years. Really? I mean, well, maybe not. I mean, maybe, maybe I still know people who are playing it just sort of and not just talking about it because it's just sort of a lifestyle thing at this point. But I certainly haven't talked to anyone about it in a long time. It's one. It's weird. I I almost feel it's not embarrassment, but it's close to embarrassment of like it's like I'm admitting <laughs> that I'm playing it. It's like a weird right. uh, like oh I've you know fallen off the wagon. You're or off whatever. the wagon, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because one of those games that I very easily get can get sucked into and have done over the past so this twelve is like an years. Thing for, oh God, isn't that weird? <laughs> whenever there's a new content drop, you can't resist. It's not called, always. Or, okay. But uh, what brought you back this time? This one is, uh, it's called Legion, and um, it's, the, it's a continuation of the story that kind of got me into Warcraft, not to begin with, because I played Warcraft 2 right. back in the day, but Warcraft 3 kind of started that whole burning Legion thing, and I got super into that. And this Are those is the big a, rock guys? The, yeah, like the burning Legion are the kind of green flaming demon right. things, and like the demon hunters rocks. with the big horns and stuff. Yeah, there's, there's Infernals. Okay. Those rock guys. Oh, okay. So they're one type um, of Burning Legion. Yeah, it's it's they're kind of continuing that legions. lore, which which uh-huh. you know I've I've found intriguing. Uh, and uh, Alice started playing it, and I was like, fine, <laughs> I will play this, and <laughs> yeah. I'm having a good time with it. Yeah. They have introduced a new character, the Demon Hunter, uh-huh. uh, which is a a type of you know character that's been in that world. F- for a while, but it's just not playable. But what's really fun is that you can, for the first time ever, you can like change the way you move around really quickly. They double jump and they glide when they when they. Oh, so when they you press jump two mm. times, you double jump three times. You just glide so around. They Arkham <laughs> Asylum around. Basically. So you can like, just like yeah, <laughs> flit around this world. You've got these zooms and stuff, and it just kind Do of. They look tr- like sugar gliders. Uh, no, they look like oh. crazy beefy dudes with huge horns and glowing <laughs> eyes. <That's laughs> but they're very graceful. I don't know. Uh, going back to World of Warcraft is is always like initially confusing, but then it's just sure. nice. It's like going back to something you're very familiar with. You can pick it up, and you're back in a world, and then maybe there's been changes to it, and you can, you know, visually or otherwise. And it's it's always amazing to see like 12 years of making that game. They're yeah, so good crazy. at it now. Yeah, They're no, so good at it, and it like they just whenever I play other uh, similar games. They usually always have the same effect on me, which is just like, why the fuck am I playing this and not right. World of Warcraft right. instead, where these grievances I have with it have all just been honed into something uh, m- you know, much, much better. 
uh, but I'm playing that. And that's <laughs> a stupid thing to play because it just takes over all your time that I right, just don't right. really have. Yeah, I can't but, really play online games anymore for that reason. Yeah. Because I, I, I already have to, it's already like a strategic, it's a tactical thing, if you will, in my <laughs> yeah. life. To, oh, yeah. Uh, to not play them. Well, no, to just like, okay, so doing this podcast, I mean, you know, I I, I feel sort of just an ongoing um like an obligation ambient pressure to... to have played a different thing mm-hmm. from week to week. So like when I get into a game like Deus Ex and I, ju- I just want to play that for weeks on end, um, I feel guilty and bad. But you shouldn't because you're enjoying a video game. I know, but but it's hard. But I'm like, ah, I'm not going to have anything new to say about it on the podcast. Or I'll have some, I'll have like one additional observation or something and I feel bad about it. And then, but a, but a sort of always living multiplayer game would just be... I mean, it would just, <laughs> just completely end ruin of days. that. Yeah, you'd have yeah. to you'd have to do a World of Warcraft podcast. <laughs> oh, I've yeah. got a new idea for you, Chris. A podcast uh, by and for WoW players. Oh man, yeah. do you guys think there is one already? Though, <laughs> nah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Azeroth Radio. That probably is one. That probably I'm sure is. that is the thing. But the, Azeroth. The, you know, going back to a game like that is strategic for me too because I'm still never going to play it the way that I have played it before in such an incredibly hardcore really playing right, it every day right, right, reading right. about so you're now, it like, constantly. you're now the tourist who goes back to your old hometown but it's a decade yeah, later but I'm like yeah. I'm going to enjoy the story and probably then you know hang the my armor back up on a peg and <laughs> uh, walk uh, off quick, and quick come update, back another quick time. update there is two weeks a- in the future there is Azeroth Radio there's Azeroth Pirate Radio, and there's Radio Free Azeroth. So, well, I mean, are there, there may, any there non-Azeroth radios? <laughs> I'm sure. But I'm sure there are many. Yeah, anyway, there I'm are sorry, probably a billion. Yeah. Uh, but there's just so much to that game now. It's insane. Yeah. There's a whole Pokemon sub thing in there. Like they made all the little collectible pets have actual function. Oh, and crazy. you can train them and wow. catch oh, them and hunt for them. What? And like... All of that stuff, there's just so much. Like, you barely scratch the surface, and the world is so ginormous now. It's yeah. just crazy. Yeah. So to really play that game, you'd have to invest far more time yeah. than I have. But um, that doesn't mean I can't go and enjoy the sure. enjoy it for a little while. Yeah. A guilty pleasure, if you will. That's what people mm. use. Indulge. <laughs> Indulge. Yeah. A sinful. It's stupid. Why, why do I feel like uh, bad about admitting it? It's like a, a weird thing. That, uh, just just play it while also eating like the richest oh, chocolates. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't know. What other products are targeted as being like sinfully guilty? Um, Mainly chocolate, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So just chocolate. Yeah, a lot of chocolate. Anything that tastes good and is marketed uh, primarily at women. I guess that's true. That is a thing that is. Yeah. yeah. And Warcraft. And Warcraft. Yeah. World of. World of Warcraft. When's Warcraft 4 coming out? Answer me that, Blizzard. <laughs> Man, did you guys see that the. Uh, oh, all of Warcraft, Warcraft Adventure, Adventure got leaked. Did you yes. see that? Why did none of us yes. play that? I, I know. Being I really so want to. For that game, right around in the late '90s, and some yeah, me ru- too. Russian hackers found it on the DNC email servers. And yeah, that's put it exactly on Reddit. what happened. Maybe they. Why found was Hillary it? Clinton holding back on releasing <laughs> Warcraft Adventure when she had it the whole time? She's Probably. had it for decades. <laughs> what took her so long? It's just been sitting on that server in the Clinton's basement. I actually kind of want to play that. You're hungry for Warcraft lore, though, it sounds like. So maybe you should you know, play I Warcraft love... Adventures now. Exactly. I actually kind of want <laughs> to. See what could have been. Uh, I feel I feel like Warcraft Adventures is actually, 
either the same story as that movie or a, like was where there it carries an, was there on. an orkling in the warcraft movie? yes because man there wasn't that trailer that movie is about the <laughs> oh yeah that character well, wasn't of, that character wasn't the main character in that game like a half human half orc one of the main characters is, maybe yeah. someone it's like, will splice it's like out all of the cutscenes from the warcraft adventure and like if you reverse engineer that video codec and then they splice in <laughs> The Warcraft movie. So yeah, yeah, yeah. To get the full picture. That would be picture. the ultimate Blizzard experience, actually. God, you're playing a sort of like 90s point-and-click yeah, point adventure that it goes, cinematic time. Like, whoa, and you just get like the most cutting-edge CG characters. Oh, and then it's true. Goes, that's so true to the experience yeah, of Blizzard back, game. Oh, that's what I want. So let's, let's do that. Let's make that happen. Yeah. Do we'll do <laughs> play through it once and mark down the scenes that are most representative of the movie, and then we can do a stream of us replaying the Warcraft Adventure leak, and then we'll just always sure. throw the switch and cut to the this scene. Is, this is the most like <laughs> legally fraught thing you're possibly describing. <laughs> We're gonna play live a like hacked leaked copy leaked of copy an unreleased game. game, and then splice in full footage of a feature, <laughs> feature film. film. In this 4K. is no way. There's no way this will be content blocked at all. <laughs> I mean. I don't know what the problem is. Like anyone would, I mean, it's not going to stop people from playing the thing or seeing the movie, right? I mean, we yeah, already we already discussed that whole thing. <laughs> it might stop people from seeing the film, but the game can be experienced on its own. This leaks on legal game can be. We're not stopping anyone from playing your game, Blizzard. <laughs> that you deliberately held back. That you've gone to great lengths to whatever. keep anyone from playing. Twenty years ago, I guess. Jake did a fucking. Like baby oh, pop just like, fall out of your pocket. Dude, Nick left. Nick left, and I was gonna try to get him to eat this. What the, the hell is that? So, um, there is a reader, uh, David Huang, who sends us. This is so gross. He sends us delicious. Not the thing candy. you're just saying. Oh, the that thing I'm holding the best. in my hand is the gross. Best. He sends us delicious candy all no, the time, the and everyone gets them. Even even like. Uh, emeritus thumbs get them like there's a box of a huge thing of junior mints still in our office for whenever Danielle is next in town uh, and he's, I don't think Steve gets stuff Steve does, Steve gets shit fuck Steve um, <laughs> but I get a huge pile of you get a huge chocolate pile of that I love chocolate and yeah. Chris gets goldfish so and I get it. nerds and Nick always gets a different baby themed candy that is <laughs> gross <laughs> and, uh, it's and so gross and he got those gross what was it uh, baby bottles or something those like gummies they, what uh, were they they were, pa they were pacifiers and they were like like oh, sweet right. tarts. They were actually really good. I ate oh, all no, of them. Oh, no, but there was another one he got that <laughs> oh, yeah, was way grosser gummy, than that. Gummy, yeah, but this is, we've hit peak gross. Yeah. And what's Are it you called, sure? Chris? It's called a baby bottle pop. <laughs> yeah, so it works like uh, like fun dip, like Lickamade or something. It, it, <laughs> Lickamade. What yeah. the hell's like that? Lickamade. Lickamade. <laughs> so, the, so the way that this thing works, I've eaten one and it's actually really good. Everyone can oh, no. eat shit. Oh, no. it's, it's, you can eat shit. And you did. And you're you talking did. about oh, But it was yeah. so delicious. <laughs> you're reviewing the, it right the now. The act of eating it is shameful as all fuck. <laughs> So it, it looks like a baby bottle. This candy does. It's actually a, a plastic. It's your world of Warcraft. It's a plastic. It's like a tiny little like four inch baby bottle. Yeah. And, but the top, the like the nipple is is uh, a lollipop. But what you're supposed to. And then inside where there's where there's milk in a baby bottle. Instead, oh there's God. like there's it's like the powder. There's like the powdered candy of a pixie stick or something. So what you're supposed to do, which is just so gross, is just lick the nipple and then turn mm -hmm. it upside down mm -hmm. and dip it into the candy dust and then eat that it is such a gross activity it sounds like you're describing a like a sort of coked up businessman yeah, this yeah, is yeah. lick right the nipple now. and then dip yeah. it into it, the candy it dust is a hedonistic and lick act. it again <laughs> yeah uh, but I really, american psycho this is his favorite candy i really <laughs> wanted to get nick to eat one of them but then he left 
he sensed it. I'm kind of glad that I didn't have to see that. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to sit here watching Nick Brecken do I'd that. Want, I want the audience to hear what it's it sounds bright. like. Blue. Oh, is it oh, like blue inside as well? You dodged yeah. a bullet, audience. Let me tell you. <laughs> anyway, it fell out of my pocket shamefully a second ago. <laughs> it was the most cartoonish, like, intent. Uh, uh, oh, God, that's not mine. It's <laughs> not mine. to be noticed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what is this? Um, like, I looked. You were just like animatedly talking about whatever the stupid crap we were Warcraft talking about. Warcraft movie, Warcraft game thing, and then like, and, yeah, and I just. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I have to leave. <laughs> Maybe Nick had to leave because three of them fell out of his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I remember hearing that part of the reason the Warcraft game was canceled is because Monkey Island Three came out, and they just went, "Oh, we cannot hit the level of 2D animated cutscenes wow. that this." Film I thought that game out. was. I thought no. I think. Uh, this game was canceled in like 1999, and Monkey Island 3 came out in like 97. It, there's no way this game lasted till 99. Are you sure? I don't know. I, I remember being sad that they canceled it, but then you, if you, you can watch full playthroughs of it on YouTube, uh, <laughs> and uh, I have not done that, but I have skipped around one, and it oh. actually looks kind of cool. Like it's very dated for sure, um, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. It was slated Jake. for yeah. 97, yeah. And then and then pushed to 98. Yep. And then in 98, as... Grim Fandango came and near, punched when them When E3 in the was coming up and the games presumably would have been showed, they canceled it. Shown, they canceled it. What was the other game Blizzard canceled? Starcraft, Starcraft Ghost. Ghost. I played Starcraft Ghost. That seemed like it I could be cool. I played that in a couple of E3s and it changed what it was every single yeah. time I played uh-huh. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And actually switched developers as well. Yeah. They're a very yeah. interesting company who don't, they're not afraid of yeah. just canceling a huge thing after Blizzard many millions of dollars. It's yeah. amazing that they are still now just on the forefront of relevance and success in the video game industry. And they like, just especially with that, with that Blizzard tech platform that I've been hearing so much about. <laughs> what? Oh, BattleNet is oh, no yeah, more, Battle Chris. Net That's is Blizzard not, Tech. It's going to be renamed Blizzard Tech. Yeah, or I whatever. enjoy that that happened Boring. around the same time as Google has decided to rename all Google apps to, uh, what is it called? G Suite. G Suite. Really? Got my B Tech, got my G Suite. That one, the Google one I understand because Google Apps is now sort of retroactively misleading. Yeah, yeah because the word, it's just apps the word apps means something, means something now. different yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, BattleNet. I guess I can Battle understand. BattleNet's Battle always been an incredibly goofy name. I don't really care personally. No, uh, I'm, like, I'm just I, I miss BattleNet. Yeah, but ba- yeah, it was good that BattleNet was a thing. The thing that was always so great about BattleNet is that it's one such an incredibly dorky and hilarious name, and then also that it just started off as just a system for a Blizzard game, and then increasingly absorbed more Blizzard games. And has never actually not been that, you know, like in a, in a time where Steam, you can now get like a stand up comedy special on Steam. Right. Battle.net is still just like the most polished way to play Blizzard. It was just, yeah, it was just a useful Blizzard way for online. them to make sure you got your updates and news and stuff. Well, and matchmaking. And matchmaking. Yeah. Was that was the big, that was the, that was actually like the big. Wasn't it just made memory. for StarCraft initially? Um, I forget if it was Warcraft 2 or StarCraft. Which like one came out first? I can't remember. I think Warcraft, Warcraft 2 came, came out, out before Starcraft. Well, didn't but Warcraft I don't 2, think Battle.net existed. I think there existed. was a Warcraft 2 Battle.net edition. Oh, really? Okay. That then came out. I d- yeah, I think that's true because I definitely remember vague recollections of like being uh, rewarded for merging accounts into uh, Battle.net. Oh, yeah. They were originally Yeah, they were originally more separate. Yeah. Uh, I don't really understand what that means, but I have this weird recollection of doing that uh, thing. Poor Battle.net. Because yeah. I did, did Diablo. 
Diablo, used that? Diablo I think Diablo, well, I think Diablo 1 had some form of Battle.net integration. No, maybe it didn't. Battle, no, I don't it had online, but did. I think it was all peer-to-peer. Yeah, Diablo um, 2 may have yeah. had. Um, but that was like riddled with cheating and bullshit. <laughs> Jake, <laughs> by the way, thing. has been gone for like three minutes. He just sort of suddenly got up and left. Hey, Jake, how are you now doing? Back. <laughs> We're still talking, talking about, about Battle.net. Battle.net. That's fine, yeah. Okay, so Battle.net was launched in 1996 with the release of the original Diablo. Mm. So that's what I thought. So Diablo had a Diablo had a, like an earlier version of Blizzard Online that was less, um, that was a, like, like a little the first rougher Blizzard than, tech. than, yeah, than, um, God, and then they, Battle.net, what they called Battle.net 2.0 came out in 2009. <laughs> so apparently, I mean, which is meaningless, right? Because surely that thing got read out a million times between, uh, 1996 and 2009, but that's funny. Yeah, it's crazy that they have all. Oh, although the... I guess it was different enough that there was some something still. There's Battle.net, Battle.net Classic. The I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Blizzard Tech, nothing. Have you got any reader mails over there? Oh yeah, let's let's do some reader mail, man. This this episode has been beefier than we expected. Yep. If you have a reader mail that you wish to send to us, you can write us at questions at idlethumbs.net. Mm. That's how we get these emails. By the way, we That's haven't they, we haven't mentioned that lately. Yeah, we, but we don't just write them. Mm-hmm. Nick does. Nick Brecken writes. <laughs> Boy, do I love this weird baby candy that I stole when I left earlier. Yeah. It's all a ruse. He sends those to himself. It's <laughs> just his excuse. <laughs> he has to get everyone else candy so that he can have those. Look at this gross baby candy people keep sending. <laughs> oh man, this email this this email comes at an opportune moment given that Nick Brecken has left. Fuck Nick. So uh Shu writes, Hi thumbs, love your pods. In episode two hundred eighty one, Nick said he always wanted a Super Scope six for the SNES. I have one lying around I was trying to figure out what to do with. Does Idle Thumbs have a P.O. box? Would love to surprise Mr. Brecken with the peripheral he always wanted. Man, that's Shoo. a good surprise. That is a good surprise, and uh, we don't have a P.O. box, but we do have just a mailing address uh, where our office is. So if you just go to our website at idlethumbs.net, go to the About page, I yep. think. Yeah. The, our address is just on there. People please, send us stuff sometimes. Please send it with absolutely no explanation. Yeah, well, Nick, we'll, we'll, we'll get it before <laughs> Nick has a chance to see it because we're going to be not recording podcasts for weeks because, oh, yeah. as we've said, you're hearing this podcast that was recorded weeks in the past. So by the time it arrives, we'll probably be ready to record our next actual podcast, and then... Uh, I assume you're listening to this on some sort of, like screen cracked original iPod that's plugged into a weird generator covered in masking tape and stuff in the wastelands that oh, is Oh wait, uh, yeah, this person's not going to hear this until no. weeks from when we're saying it. So I'll reply to this person directly. Yes. As well. Hello. Anyway, thanks everyone for hearing us sort out how Thank time you. works. <laughs> <laughs> in the wastelands of the future. I just went through I just had a an a moment where I basically was relying on the fact that both this will not be heard for weeks, and also that the person listening will be able to hear it in the past. <laughs> so I, I managed to pull off an amazing series of logical idiocies just there. That was really impressive. Um, it's hard. This is hard. Yeah, <laughs> sitting hard in a room, out. joking and farting into microphones is yeah, very difficult. It's really oh, complicated. Yeah, it's so, so tough. Gareth Brown writes, "Hi, thumbs. Hey, thanks for an amazing podcast." I haven't missed an episode since I started listening a couple years ago. I wanted to add something to your conversation a few weeks back about game tutorials. One of the best tutorials I've ever seen is the one for Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, uh, which is good because there's a remaster happening. I don't think I knew that. The tutorial wins on three points. One, it stays in story. You're a new member of an SAS team, so you have to get your gear and run the training room 
uh, area. Two, it uses it to suggest, not dictate difficulty. The better you do, the harder the game level it suggests, and even says, do you want to change the current settings? Three, it makes it reusable as you get a time for running it. The temptation to rerun it is high, but if you don't, it's just two minutes, and then there's the game proper. They also do something very clever. The first real mission lets you play, or if getting your feet has the AI doing some or all of the work for you. It feels like you're part of a team, but it's really hidden hand-holding. As a side note, it probably has one of the best stories of any first-person shooter, and if you listen to the developer commentary, you find they brought in a professional writer who rearranged all the levels and uh, changed the antagonist. So keep up the good work, and thanks for keeping me entertained and making my daily commute bearable. Cheers, G from Swindon, UK. That's cool. Yeah. It's very reminiscent of... uh a tutorial that I remember being awesome, which was the Quake Three Arena. Uh, not oh, tutorial, but like it, it. Oh, the the sort of the, the when you play the single player. Quote no, unquote. it like sorts you because that game was all about trying to sort you into groups of players that would be similar about you know Quake Three, Quake Three Arena, the online. You mean no, Team I mean, Arena? I mean Team Arena, the like weird uh, online was free the DLC. Quake oh three, no, Quake Three no, Arena was just these, the what's that called? What's it called? The, Quake like, Live. Yeah, that weird online oh. free I was like, like Quake Three Arena thing. No Team Arena, no. So, so that uh, it, it put like before you can play any matches, it basically puts you in a little room. And then there's a door next to you that allows you to go play. But then there's like a small gap. And on the other side of that is another door that lets you go play. And that door is tier oh, two. So, it's like, can so you if you can, jump, can, can you, you jump over this gap? You right. know, then it's can you jump further? Can you rocket jump? Can you do strafe jump? Can plus you rocket do a jump, crazy blah, 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 blah. rocket yeah. jump? And then the final one cool. is this like really long corridor that as soon as you step into it, a door begins closing. So you have to like strafe rocket jump all the way down to oh, the end man. like a crazy That's motherfucker. Really good. And then you get through. Uh, and then at the end, you're put into a high tier and it still gives you an option to go like higher or lower. Um, but so it's very similar to, to that Call yeah. of Duty thing. Basically, That's it's cool. like, yeah. what is your skill set? And it really tests you and mm-hmm. it physically locks you out of going into an experience that you would be destroyed in and not yeah. have a good time, um, which is cool. I really liked Call of Duty 4 also. Just that game. It's crazy to think about what that series sort of eventually became because I don't think I could be any less interested in it now. Well, than the I, first than Modern I Warfare was cool, though. Yeah, that was a really good game. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's a cool. That's a cool pull. I I had not. I actually didn't. Re- I now remember the tutorial, but I totally would not have had this person not written in. Um, Kim Rudy writes, uh, "Hi, a question about your view on Game Maker. What do you think about it from a developer's point of view?" Kim Rudy. Have any of us actually used Game Maker with I, any? I used no. it in a game jam. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it it was interesting. I. I had a weird experience with it because on the one hand I made a game really quickly in it and that was really cool. Uh, like it's shocking how quickly you can get something going. Um, but also even in the, sh- even in the short amount of time I spent with it, I felt like I was having to work around limitations in the system. But on the other hand, people have made games that are so incredibly complex and accomplished in Game Maker that I suspect that my experience feeling like I had to work around was really just me not knowing like, Game you, Maker well enough to like... Un- you might have been putting up obstacles for your, uh, on your yeah, own because, because I was preconceptions think I was treated, you had yeah, or whatever. Pre- preconceptions from dealing with more traditional game development environments. Um, but it's clear that people have made ridiculously full-featured games 
in Game Maker. Yeah, it feels so, like Game Maker's power speaks for itself at this point with the yeah. insane library that exists in it. I don't know. What yeah. do you think, Spat? I've never played it or used it whatsoever. You've played You've Game played Maker. You've played games from it. <laughs> Surely. <laughs> yeah, which games are made in Game Maker? I like, feel like I... Uh, Gunpoint by Tom Francis was mm-hmm. was, right. was a game maker. A I, th- game. I feel like Vlambeer is a game maker studio. Vlambeer, yeah, I think pr- cool. pretty much everything they make is game maker. Yeah. yeah. Um, the original Hotline Miami was game the Hotline Miami was the original, oh, yeah, the right. original Spelunky the uh, before the remastered version uh-huh. was yep. game maker. Yep. In conclusion, I'm glad it exists. Hyperlight Drifter apparently is that true? Yes. Really? Yeah, that's crazy. Hyperlight so Drifter just updated to 60 Undertale. FPS, which is an insane thing to do in Game Maker because that system, that engine is frame locked at either 30 or 60, I believe. Oh, so, the original Nidhogg, apparently? I feel like the more accessible it is for people to just be able to make games, the more cool games we're going to get. It's, I mean, that's <laughs> oh, yeah. obviously a logical thing to say. Yeah. But, like, uh, you know, I worked for many years on Little Big Planet. And a lot of Little Big Planet's entire thing is just trying to get people to to create and make experiences and little games, even if it's just a single level. And tons of people have moved on. Like I, at PAX just recently, I met a, a creator from the Little Big Planet community who had his game in the mega booth. And that was an awesome for me. Oh, that rules. You know, thing. Yeah. I was like, oh my, that's, that's really, the best. Really, really cool. Like I'm so glad that people have, you know, got Little Big Planet or Game Maker or whatever, and then they've used that and then they've, you know, actually making games for yeah. reals. The, the underlying logic of sort of, Designing interactivity remains pretty similar regardless of what environment you're working in. I mean, on the design side, like if you're an engineer, if you aspire to be an engineer, that's like a different story because you have to learn yeah. serious, like, you know, low level stuff to, to be just like a, a full scale video game engineer. But um, to be a designer and these days you can get pretty far without a strong programming background. Like I don't ha- I never took any computer science courses or, or was trained in programming in any way. But like. You know, I can get pretty far by myself in With an something engine like and Unity. Some tutorials. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Um, and it's great. And, and the underlying sort of just like logical parts of just understanding logic states and like those things are trans pretty translatable because they're they're more that's like theory as opposed to um, technical uh, practice. I mean, it's you use technical practice to make it, but it's like just thinking about that stuff will you'll learn it in any environment, really. So yeah. Just choosing the like, what's the difference between Game Maker and, and Unity? Game Maker's <laughs> like couldn't be more different. Yeah, yeah. Right. Unity is three D. Even the two D, even making two D games in Unity is still inside of their three D editor. You're just locking the camera to a two D plane, um, and they're just very. I mean, it's hard to even like start describing how different they are because Unity is a is is a a three D editor with like this component driven scripting system. Um, and game, I guess I can't really, <laughs> I haven't used enough Game Maker to be able to do like sum up what it sure. is in, in a pithy way, but like, they're just very, very different. I don't know. Um, they're, they're but both are free to use. They're both free to use. I believe they both have, I think they have licensing requirements on when you yeah, release a commercial game with them. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they're the two engines most commonly used in game jams at this point by, a, mm-hmm, by a, amount, I would say I about a lot. Yeah. 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 Understandably so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, is that it for this episode of Idle Thumbs? Unless anyone else wrote to you. I mean, they did. Well, we'll read them in three weeks. Oh, someone, uh, actually, uh, this isn't in an email, but I'd remember from the forums. Someone on the forums pointed out, uh, in response to my, my, uh, lament about my Deus Ex stats from the Deus Ex mobile app, 
which is uh, two weeks ago, <laughs> two days ago in our reality, two weeks ago in your reality, dear readers. Whoa. Um, someone pointed out that uh, they're under the impression that the Deus Ex mobile app incorporates your stats from all playthroughs of of both modern Deus Ex games. Oh, whoa. So it's he, he, um, uh, he or she sort of uh, suspected perhaps I had a a uh, abbreviated run uh, as a violent character in the previous Deus Ex game. And I think that's actually true. I now, like, seeing this post dredged up a memory that, yes, I think after I completed Deus Ex Human Revolution non-lethally, I think I then started up another game where my intention was just to be a crazy maniac. <laughs> and I just couldn't do Like, I'm, it's just so... Uh, Different to how I enjoy and now sex games. Your, your record is blemished by that. Yeah, I know by that alternate reality, Jensen. By AR Jensen. AR by an AR, <laughs> an AR, by an Arj. An Arj. I pronounce it Arj. <laughs> <laughs> I made a gif of this new Arj that I <laughs> that I'm participating in. A, a game information inside. form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the game information. We've format. we've learned that if you're submitting a, a video game uh, to be certified for the Xbox platform, you must submit a game information form, which <laughs> they com- constantly refer to as a GIF. What? Yeah. Uh. Put in parentheses GIF. So you gotta you gotta submit that Microsoft GIF GIF. Who knows who knows how to pronounce game information form? It's one of the great debates mm. of console game development is how is how that form is pronounced colloquially. Yeah. Adam Jensen might know. Yeah. Adam Jensen. Adam Jensen. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's Idle Thumbs. Uh, you can write us your own email at questions at idlethumbs.net. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash idlethumbs, on Facebook at facebook.com slash idlethumbs. We're on uh, iTunes and other podcast places like Stitcher. Uh, please, if you feel we deserve it, leave us a rating or a review. It helps us out a lot. And please consider telling a friend about our podcast. That is honestly the only way we've grown an audience over the years. Um, so you can find all of our podcasts at idlethumbs.net, this one as well as the several other podcasts we host. And we will be back next week. uh, With current news. With hopefully current news. And I will be back (laughs) from Japan. All right. Thanks for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Chris is going to tell us all the cool shit about Japan, guys. Yep. I'm going to play. It'll be like reading Kotaku at three in the morning, (laughs) but like for hours straight. Yep. Mm -hmm. It'll be Halloween. It won't be Halloween. Jesus, when I'm shut there. up! It won't be Halloween it'll, yet. God, it'll be really it'll be God. Japanese Halloween, which comes way before it comes in. Uh, you think of Dishonored Halloween? Yeah, you're yeah. thinking of that. <laughs> <laughs> and when is when does Dishonored two come out? Whatever, we'll talk about that in the future. Oh, yeah, Halloween. <laughs>